Welcome to Thinking Ahead, your leading edge insights podcast. Each episode reveals the latest insights on today's consumers and offers a sneak peek of tomorrow's marketplace. Stop guessing what's next and start thinking ahead. And welcome back to Thinking Ahead, a GFK Insights podcast. This is Hannah Leiter, your host, and I am so excited to be back recording for the first time in 2021. At the end of last year, I was sitting with our producer, uh, hello, Matt, who's sitting quietly in the background, and he made me realize that in a year of podcast episodes, I've never even mentioned my last name. So there you have it. There's a little mini resolution for me for the podcast, because how can you trust someone when you don't even know their full name? Now, we are back, and I'm so excited to have this returning guest on the podcast. Rachel Bonsignor is a senior consultant on the GFK Consumer Life team. They are the experts in all things trends and forecasting. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, thank you for having me. It's really fun to have you on as the first guest of the year because you were actually the first guest of last year and of the inauguration of the show. So it's so fun to have you back after so long, and it kind of brings a full circle. Yeah, and feels probably also like a million years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that when we did the first one, we were actually sitting in a physical room together. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) that. Face to face. I I mean, that's a novelty these days. That's so funny. Uh, Where are you getting your work done right now? Are you at a real desk? Are you sitting at a kitchen table? Or are you sitting in your bed? Uh, Well, you know, most of the time I actually am lucky enough to have a home office and a desk, which is really great, um, you know, to kind of mimic that in-office experience. But I got to admit, you know, some days I kind of just really need to be more comfortable. So I switched to the couch. So there are definitely some couch days mixed in with the desk days. Oh, I feel the same. I'm a kitchen table person. I think it's because it's near the snacks. (laughs) Good call. So everyone, today Rachel is here to help us look into some of the biggest health and wellness trends happening today, and most importantly, how trends like these can help your brand and business gain a competitive edge. Let's start just with the obvious, which is overall health concerns. I don't think that you can find anyone right now who does not have a heightened awareness of their physical health after the past year. So Rachel, what are some of the biggest trend changes or expansions because of it? Yeah, absolutely. And and you're totally right. You know, I think it's not particularly surprising, but certainly worth noting to us that among the many personal values that we track at Consumer Life, uh, health and fitness is the fastest growing personal value over the past year. Um, It's always, you know, on the kind of higher end, but right now it's the number four value in the U.S. And that's a jump of eight ranks since 2019, which is is pretty significant. And I think it makes a lot of sense given how attuned we all are to our health. And really specifically where we feel that is most relevant is in terms of security and safety. So the past year has been so turbulent, has been so uncertain. We're really worried about very specific threats and it's shown us that protection um, and health are more intertwined than ever before. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the rise of protective health, Uh, you know, safety and risk reduction were certainly emerging trends and things that we were talking about a little bit in the years before the pandemic, but this year has really blown it out of the water. And, And we're seeing that consumers baseline expectations for cleanliness, for hygiene, for just feeling safe are significantly higher today. And, 
you know, there's a couple of really specific data points that uh, really support this. Uh, in addition to health and fitness being a top value, protecting the family, which is always quite high, remains number one value in the U.S. today. Um, we've seen that uh, nearly half of Americans now expect stores to provide disinfection for their hands and their baskets when they go in. Um, many also believe that travel companies need to provide hand sanitizer for all guests. Um, and we've really seen brands kind of rise to the occasion and, um, you know, kind of take a stand and really go above and beyond in creating new partnerships and new innovations and just new things to address these burgeoning needs. And this obviously includes, you know, the brands that you might think of that provide disinfectants to begin with, but it's a lot that you might not expect to. Everyone has kind of a role to play in addressing this urgent health need. In regards to the beginning there, when you're talking about safety and everything like that, it just makes you think of preventative care. And of course, now people are looking at that a lot, even though it's hard because of course, uh, you don't want to go to the doctors or it has to be virtual. But does it look like that might have a long term benefit resulting in just a better health as a population even after the pandemic ends? Just looking at a positive side, perhaps? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the answer is kind of both, you know, I think it could go in both directions, right? Because uh, during COVID, we are um, focusing so many of our preventative health needs on avoiding a very specific single threat, right? There is one thing we are worried about more than anything else. Uh, but what may be some lasting impacts of that are us being just more cognizant about communicable diseases in the future, and also have higher stand standards for brands in this regard. You know, it's great that our grocery stores are disinfecting and cleaning and closing early every night to do all of these things. But maybe they could have been doing more of that before. Maybe we could all be more careful when we have a cold or the flu and avoid, you know, being in close contact with others. Maybe mask wearing is just going to become something that gets integrated into certain parts of our lives or certain times of the year. Maybe hand sanitizer will continue to be more of a staple in our lives. Um, I think some of those positives are really interesting to track over the next couple of years. But at the same time, we can't ignore something else that, you know, this also could increase cause an increase in chronic health issues. You know, people are not able or, you know, not interested in making the regular doctor's visits. Um, we're very preoccupied with the single most important health issue we're facing right now. Um, so there could be some long term impacts of, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, see your doctor to manage other conditions to kind of do regular monitorings and checkups and stuff like that. So I think that um, we need to kind of pay attention to both possible outcomes of this time. Yeah, I could definitely see that, especially overlooking health issues. I mean, I could say that I think the same. I definitely haven't been looking at much besides just COVID. But what's also really interesting is, I don't know if you read about this, but it's so interesting of all the precautions we're making for COVID, how they're saying that now the amount of people who have gotten the flu is so little and it's because we already have all of those precautions. So you can see it's already working. Absolutely. And this is a lesson that we could have learned a lot earlier from other countries in the world, too. You know, if you look at how all the things that kind of China and the rest of Asia learned from the SARS epidemic and other sorts of kind of diseases and, and things that are just endemic in their own culture and how they approach things, they are, you know, kind of very considerate about wearing masks when they're sick, not necessarily so they don't get sick, but 
it so that they don't get others sick. Um, there's a lot that can be learned from how other sort of pandemics and diseases have been handled that, you know, we seem to be implementing now here in the U.S. What about gyms? Because, of course, if this was a normal year in January, the gyms would be absolutely packed. <laughs> how has their closures affected all of the fitness trends? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a couple things going on here. You know, what's really interesting is that if you look at some of the data, fitness actually reached a high in some places during COVID. Um, you know, even though we can't go to gyms or other places that we might exercise, we have time, you know, on our hands. We have um, some abilities to exercise outside of a gym environment. So globally, from 2019 to 2020, there was actually a five-point increase in people exercising weekly. Um, certainly, it varies according to market, but in the U.S., there was also some signs of rebounding as well. And a lot of that has been enabled by technology. You know, um, it's really created a much more mainstream market for um, home fitness using tech and using you know other devices and things like that, as well as streaming platforms that you know certainly existed before the pandemic. This is not a brand new market, um, but there's there was obviously a major spike in the use of fitness apps, the use of at-home exercise equipment. Um, people had to shift a lot of their exercise activities to their homes, and a lot of these innovations have really benefited. Um, but I think there's a couple of other things going on too. You know, um, At the same time, we, we know and have known for many months now that the outdoors is a very safe place to be. Um, and there may be some, you know, kind of, I think more consumers who are taking part in more outdoor fitness activities um, because it is kind of a place where you can feel secure as long as you kind of keep your distance. So, you know, more running, hiking, taking walks, um, moving some fitness classes outdoors when the weather allows. I think that's something that's been happening a lot as well. And there may be some more kind of longer term impacts in terms of appreciation of, of nature and the outdoors when it comes to, you know, your physical wellness. Um, and the third thing I want to talk about, um, I, you know, based on what you just mentioned, yes, January usually is the time where the gyms are crowded and everyone has their New Year's resolutions. Um, and it's it's really something where, you know, suddenly people rediscover fitness. And I think it's a little different this year. I think that, um, number one, certainly fitness has, you know, worked its way into other parts of our lives and other places that they normally didn't. But I think people are also being a little kind of nicer with themselves and, you know, not pushing necessarily to feel like, you know, January 1st hits and you have to suddenly be, you know, an athlete or somebody who's exercising five times a week. You know, you can be a little more gentle with yourself because there is a lot of other things going on and there's a lot more to be concerned about with your health. So uh, certainly a new year is a good time to start a new exercise regimen, but it doesn't need to feel as intense and pressured as it did before. Right. It can just be an outdoor hike, like you said, that people are really mm -hmm. enjoying. It, it's going to mm -hmm. be really interesting to see if that has anything or changes the trends in terms of sustainability because people are in nature more often. It'll be curious to see kind of where that goes. I completely agree. I think we've seen a lot of just greater appreciation of nature and public space and green space and, and being able to kind of be outdoors. And, and hopefully that will kind of... Um, make more people realize how important it is to preserve our environment. Now, you've touched on this a little bit, but among all of these kind of new trends, innovations, like how half of Americans are currently expecting that there's hand sanitizer when they go into a store, uh, which do you kind of see as 
really or where do the trends say that they're really here to stay versus the ones that are just kind of here for now as we're in this pandemic but will probably phase out yeah absolutely i think the overall kind of lens that we want to kind of put towards things after reflecting on some of these themes is that this time is really going to in the future lend itself to um more of a hybrid flexible way of living you know and this could mean a lot of different things right many people once it's safe to do so will return to their normal routines. Uh, Some people will continue to leverage a lot of digital tools and spend more time at home because they've gotten used to it or it's safer or convenient in some way or has made their lives easier. Uh, We see some people, they're going to expect kind of a a greater mix of online and offline options, right? Whether it's for work, for play, for health, for shopping, for really anything in our lives. Um, We see a lot of people's daily schedules getting more fluid and changing. We've talked a lot about like time shifting and how the times of day that we do certain things are evolving and less fixed. Um, But the unifying thread for all of this, and I think the theme that's a really big takeaway for brands in the next couple of years, is just this general rising expectation for multiple options and fluidity in everything we do. So that can be very specifically applied to fitness and health management um, or kind of more tactical, serious things like work and shopping and so on. Along with the physical health concerns, mental health is also a huge buzzword or buzz phrase, maybe. Uh, I know I personally have never learned so much about mindfulness than I have in the past year. What insights can you give us on the importance of stress relief? Yeah, it's a big story for this year. I, I completely agree. We've been talking a lot about this idea of elevated self-care during the pandemic. Um, certainly self-care has been its own buzzword for quite some time, but it takes on just a really more intense and substantial meaning this year. And one of, that's one of the reasons it was a major focus in the 2021 outlook we prepared at the end of December. So as important as it is to address our baseline needs for protection, for physical health. Um, Our mental health truly cannot be ignored during a stressful time like this that's also very uncertain and also extremely isolating. Uh, You know, we found in one of our most recent studies that 56% of Americans say that isolation has been a top personal effect for them of the virus. I believe it was actually not just number one on the list, but higher than the global average too. You know, we're all, even if we're introverted, we're still very social. We still need connection and the isolation and the constant stress has really been uh, so far reaching and so important. So one of the things that's really happened in response to that is that things like meditation and mindfulness that, you know, again, aren't new, maybe were a lot more niche before, have become a lot more mainstream. Um, Some of that has been spurred by, you know, services that have either been, you know, provided or encouraged by employers um, or other sort of sorts of health institutions and other sorts of resources there. Um, That has kind of helped push it along too. But really, you know, we were already kind of pretty burnt out heading into this year and looking for a relief. Um, So it's even more pronounced now. So uh, these pressures of the pandemic have have made mental health and stress relief so much more critical. When it comes to the business perspective of it, uh, is there anything that a brand can do to incorporate like a less stress experience when it comes to their customers, whether in person when it's possible or digitally? Absolutely. I think it's so critical. You know, all brands right now should be considering 
all of the ways that they can possibly ease the mental strain of their customers and everything they do. There's so many touch points, there's so many channels and um, you know ways that you can communicate with people that can have this goal in mind. People are really burnt out. They don't want to further complicate any aspect of their lives, whether it's you know doing research on something they need to buy or figuring out how to safely pick up their next meal. You know, um, it's interesting. One of the phrases that's really stuck with me lately is this idea of decision fatigue. You know, the concept that we now have to question and evaluate every single decision we're making to ensure that we're protecting ourselves and others. You know, how many times a week or a month should I go to the grocery store? Uh, How should I pick up my food? You know, how far away should I see people? Should I see people at all? What are all of these decisions that I'm making? And and it can really take a a big mental load on you. And so it puts that undue burden on people and uh, brands are really in a position to alleviate that. And the more that they can consider all the ways that, um, you know, they're able to do that, the better. When looking at new technology innovations, what else is really out there and what are consumers looking for? Does it match right now? One thing that we haven't talked about yet, but is certainly related to everything else that's really um, so closely tied to technology right now is just the importance of making and keeping connections. I think it's critical to so many consumers right now, given so many of the factors that we've talked about that are really beyond the individual's control, right? So technology solutions that can enable these sorts of connections in like new and creative ways. And we've already seen a lot of these, like the ability to watch a movie or play a game with your friend who lives another state over, right? Um, or, you know, just better video conferencing and chatting abilities and, and just more availability there. Um, All of these things are really critical to innovate on. um, And we think, you know, we've seen a lot of interesting stuff come up in the past year uh, that has really served these needs. But I think on the subject of connections, it's also really important to realize that these solutions have their own limitations. You know, post-COVID, we are assuming we can comfortably call something post-COVID, right? We can expect a major rebound in in in-person interactions and activity and a little bit of a decline in using these sorts of tech offerings. Uh, But what I think is really important that I've mentioned as well earlier is that brands really need to be flexible and able to pivot quickly depending on people's desires because these needs will kind of fluctuate a lot over time, we think, and and people just want, you know, seamless ways to, to stay connected because we've really seen the impact of so many months of feeling so disconnected from so many things in our everyday lives. Thinking ahead, in your opinion, what do you think is going to be the next big thing in health and wellness? Is it going to be one of those pieces of technology you were just mentioning, or is it going to be something completely new? Yeah, good question. It's it's always a hard one to answer, right? Um, I think that it's not necessarily as much about the specific innovations themselves. You know, there's technologies moving so quickly these days, it can be hard to, you know, stay abreast of exactly what's, you know, possible. But um, the adaptability of innovations is really important, right? People need more hybrid solutions to live their increasingly flexible lives and numerous options for all the touch points and channels they encounter daily. So brands that, you know, understand people's changing needs and the speed 
of their changing needs and um, that are able to adapt quickly are going to be really successful. So I would encourage brands to think a little more, you know, kind of structurally about the idea behind what they're trying to innovate on and and how much it'll suit people's evolving needs um, as opposed to a specific, you know, kind of tactical innovation. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for being here and having another conversation with me. As someone who works closely with Trends Data on a day-to-day basis, what is the best advice that you can give to those who are or want to be utilizing it? I think that overall, the biggest thing to keep in mind is to realize the power um, that a lot of this data, long-term kind of trends data has. Uh, We've talked before about how people really don't change overnight. You know, I am still the person I was before COVID. Obviously, there are certain things I'm more concerned with and less concerned with, but um, really understanding the shifts that have been building for many years and and what is a genuine kind of long-term shift in what people want is truly invaluable in determining what the future holds. So I would say really focus on that sort of framework, what's been building up, and then you can think about, you know, what can dis- what impact can disruption have? Well, this was so interesting. I mean, we really just skirt or went on the top high level area of this. There's so much more to talk about. Um, I know that Rachel, you mentioned that 2021 outlook, uh, and that was a webinar GFK consumer life did back in December. I did attend it. It was some really good information. So for all of you listening who want more information, whether it's on this health and wellness, see some more numbers or just on trends overall, because there was, there was a lot of information in that webinar. I'm just going to put a link in the description for you guys to just click through and learn even more. Thank you so much, Rachel. Great. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Thinking Ahead. For more information on today's topic, you can click the link in the description. And please make sure to leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you like about the show. And of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on the latest insights. We'll see you next time so you can keep thinking ahead.